0: And welcome to the Ascend Television Network and welcome to Second Chances. My name is Greg Hennis. Thank you so much for joining us and we are privileged to have with us today a gentleman I've known for a few years now. His name is Jason Williams and thank you, Jason, for coming on. Thanks for having me on, Greg. Now, I always like to tell people, Jason, and in your case, I can say it without a shadow of a doubt. Now, a lot of the guests that I've had on the show, probably a quarter of them, I know their testimony just because I've been around them. Now, I've been around you, but I have deliberately never asked you of your testimony, and that is for a reason like this today. I love to do these interviews and not know a person's testimony. Uh, It helps me to always interview people, you know, kind of I was watching and hearing the testimony for the first time, questions that would come to my mind. So, I don't know your testimony. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. But I hear you've got a powerful one. So, I kind of tucked your name Mm. away, and I said. When we start this program on TV, I'm going to get a hold of this guy. Yeah. So, so, Jason, let's start off. Give me a little bit of background, you know, where you were born. Were you born into a Christian home, things mm-hmm. like that? We'll kind of we'll sure. go from
1: there and see where the Lord takes us so uh so yeah i was born into a christian home um i was born into the assemblies of god so my my dad was a uh, pastor for uh, a place called calvary Ch- um, actually uh, calvary lighthouse which is in lakewood new jersey so i was born in lakewood and then grew up in tom's river area which is a uh, a little subset called uh, Lenoka harbor and then forked river so uh grew up in that area and uh my dad was uh, was big in the church. Um, my mom was big in the church. Actually, all of my family have been pretty big in the church, going back to my mom's side, on my grandparents' side, and my dad's side, with that. So, so you have a lot of history of pastors in your church. Yeah, a lot of history. Um, my grandparents more of missionary mission work and different things like that. But my dad really taken over and started to work under pastors and and went to Norville Hayes for his. Uh, his Bible college, my uncles on my mom and my dad's side have gone to Bible college, so been around it for a while. You know, you mentioned that church, and this has nothing to do with the testimony. But I just have to, I, I kind of think the name of the
0: church you just mentioned, the the Calvary Lighthouse, is yep. that what you said? I think it was four, three, four years ago I actually went to that church. Oh, really? Because they had a concert. They had Danny Gokey there. Probably. And I, and I went to see Danny Gokey and another band called Cloverton. I think that's the church hmm. I went to. I definitely know it's in that vicinity. Yeah. That It sounds very familiar. But anyway, uh, Jason, um, so you were not a pastor. No. Did you kind of think as a young kid where there were so many pastors in the family, people heavily involved
1: in ministry, that that was possibly the call the Lord had on your life? Yeah, it's actually funny you bring that up because I think it was and I think it still is. Um, I've had different words given over me, uh, spoken over me multiple times about, you know, I do a lot of teaching in my professional career, and uh, and they're like, you know what, the Lord, we believe, is calling you into ministry to teach or to preach, and uh, that's gone on for about, I don't know, five years, and then all of a sudden, three week, uh, two weekends ago, um, a pastor who never even met me before gave me a word for the same thing, so wow. it's actually kind of funny, and... Uh, I need to stop stalling with my feet and start doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So. Well, we, we, you
0: certainly have inspiration. We have a mutual friend yeah. uh, who, who basically uh, recently kind of walked away from, and he had a pretty good situation. He was kind of sad. He had a great job. Yeah. But the Lord called him. Yeah. And uh, he walked away from it all to serve the Lord. That's That's pretty impressive.
1: Yeah. And, you know, Ken is, I've known Ken for a while, and uh, we were in Band of Brothers together, which was um, a men's group that was at a chestnut assembly. And that's really where we started to grow because, you know, you learn a lot in church, but when you start to get into the small groups and stuff like that, where you can open up, especially when there's all men, um, and you're able to talk about the different complexities of life, the different things that other men are experiencing or they're going through and you can work off of each other, accountability and so forth. Uh, That's where I met Ken and really started to shine with him in that area. Uh,
0: The band of brothers, it's interesting you bring that up because there's several people that I know from the band of brothers. I know you, Mm -hmm. I know Ken, Mm -hmm. I know Job, and I know Dave, and I know another guy. I don't know his last name, but his name is Bill. I recently had breakfast with him and and, uh, Ken, but anyway, Mm. the thing that I learned about the band of brothers is that not only is it a great way to fellowship, but you're all accountable to one another, and you kind of, you know, when one is struggling in an area, Mm -hmm. you know, the other the other guys or people that you're closest to pick you up, and and that is a wonderful way to not only fellowship, have Mm -hmm. fun but to to really learn about the Lord. So, Jason, you were born in a Christian home Mm -hmm. around a lot of pastors, and and obviously you do have, as you just shared with us, have a call on your life, and the Lord's going to, I'm sure, reveal Mm -hmm. that to you here. Uh, Were you always saved? Did you always have that really close relationship
1: with the Lord as you do as Mm -hmm. we are here today? I don't think so. I think that, you know, growing up in the Christian home, um, I went to Christian school, when i was younger um but you know like all families you know there's there are certain things that the devil will interject in and uh my family got divorced when i was seven and i carried a lot of weight all the way through my childhood into my teenage years with a lot of anger and stuff like that were so, you mad at your parents because they divorced? oh yeah and god you know so it was um, a very tough time and uh, something that i guess for many years was very difficult for you to deal yeah. with very difficult, and then lashing out. So I didn't want to go to church, didn't want to do anything, and um, moved down to South Jersey with my mom when I was 12 years old and, you know, basically walked away from it, you know. So uh, there was always that weight on. I still had the morals. I still had the head knowledge that we talk about about the Bible because it's always been taught, my grandparents and so forth, but just kept pushing away, you know. And when you get into that situation, it's like, you have to pick things you want to be perfect in. So I gravitated to sports, made sure everything was on point, looking for um, the attention, looking for the approvals, stuff like that. And was there an emptiness? Is it what you were oh, trying yeah. to fill? Yeah, definitely, because especially when you don't live with your mom for a while, you gravitate towards things that way. So you start getting into those teenage years, the girls start to become that attention, that fulfillment, because now you're looking to fill that love gap that you didn't have before. So that kind of came into play and it was like um yeah you know got into that um sports took over girls took over and then I started making different decisions like okay you know I can always get this far with sin and different things like that and uh unbeknownst you start getting into things you're not supposed to get into so pornography became a very big thing Mm. and pornography I and it was funny because I went you you were a young guy at this time 13 years old wow and then when that became, that started to fill that love tank. And, you know, is it real love? No, not really. But did it fill the gap? Certainly. And, you know, you start to think about it and you start moving your way through. That's filling it. Your mom's still working. You're living down here, but mom's still full time. So you're just going through sports, school, and that. And then all of a sudden you say, you know, when you're younger than 15, it starts to make a very big change into your life. And you're just thinking about it all the time. So I carried the weight of anger uh, from the, d- the divorce. Then I carried that weight of the pornography. And uh, it started to affect the relationship. You think, oh, yeah, you know, when you get married and different things like that, things change. I won't look at that anymore. It won't affect me. No. What did that do to you as a young guy? Some of the things that oh. kind of scarred you, oh, gave I you mean- troubles? The, the fact that you're always looking at women as an object at that point and mm-hmm. you're hopping from there's no commitment right there's no rela- there's a relationship with girlfriends and stuff like that but there's no commitment so you're just going from one girlfriend to the other until you know you f- get to that age where you know you start having premarital sex and different things like that and i think that took a very big toll on my sports career because before then it was sports 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 and then my focus was missed what was your what was your sport basketball and baseball wow Man. Which which did you excel in more um I always had baseball, but I like playing basketball, so I still think baseball was the mainstay because it carried, I I still like to play the softball games and stuff like that, but baseball was the primary Mm. and what I really wanted to focus on for college. Wow. Uh, Just an interesting point you made, and we'll get back to your testimony. It's very powerful. Uh,
0: You know, and and for those of us that live down here in South Jersey, you know, you grew up in the Toms River, Lakewood area originally, right? Now, it's interesting, if you look at a map, that is actually probably at the lower half. If you draw a line in the middle of the state, it's probably just above or just about the halfway point of the state, but those folks that are not from New Jersey don't realize that, you know, pretty much when you're a Ocean County and above, you consider that North Jersey. Yeah. And, 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 you know, you can move five miles south of that Ocean County, you'd be considered South Jersey. Very interesting you That's said funny. that. I just picked up on that. But, and,
1: uh, and people from the north think that Tom's River and everything is southern New Jersey. Yeah, they correct. don't even think there's another level down at that point. Yeah, they so. think we're the other state yeah. down here. But anyway, very powerful part. Yeah. Less traffic down here,
0: we Less might add traffic. to it. So So... Um, so, obviously, the devil, you know, we always hear as Christians, we always hear that, you know, what the Lord wants to use for good, the devil will try to create problems oh, and yeah. use for bad. So, obviously, a major hole in your life was created yeah. when your mom and dad divorced. You walked away from the church. Yeah. Probably didn't have any Christian fellowship. No. You know, you, you kind of did your thing, mm-hmm. you got involved with women, you got involved with uh, sports, pornography.
1: Yeah. God was probably the furthest thing from your mind. Yep. How long did that go on, Jason? Um, furthest thing from my mind really came into play when I was 18. Um, I got hurt in sports, so take a step back. I got hurt in my junior year in sports, which, you know, I was very good in academics, but the sports take you over for when you want to go into college and stuff like that. and. It really took on effect that, you know, you had to pick and choose what college is. So then I said, you know what, I really don't want to go to college because there's not going to be much sports to play. So do I go Navy and follow the suit of my family because li- uh, my family on both sides was a big military, Army and Navy? Or do I go to tech school? You know, a lot of things were going through my mind. So um, I was blessed to get a scholarship to go to Lincoln Tech where I started my tech career and then moved on from there. But... By 18, I started trying to think about the things I had with my childhood. So I met my wife during our junior year, and uh, we, uh, of high school. Of high school, wow. and we were dating and stuff then. And then, going into 17, 18 years old, you know, we start. What did I do when I was younger? We went to church, you know, for Christmas Eve, and that kind of brought things back. Like, okay, you know, I want to start getting back. Um, I knew that I wanted to marry her and move forward. So we started to take in that realm of, okay, what's the next steps there. And I knew God had to be back in the picture. And um, was Were either th- one of you living right at this time? No, nah, okay. not of a, And she was... She, her family it doesn't even have anybody that's a Christian in their wow. family. So she was the first one to kind of get into that with me and, uh, and then to start that path. So, yeah. So, so the, you, you began to open up the door, I guess, a little bit a little for bit. the Lord
0: to come in. Tell me what began to happen as you began to open up the door a little bit and say, Lord you know, come on, and I'll come see you on Christmas Eve, maybe come see you on Easter? So
1: I wanted to be with the Lord a lot more. Um, was I, there a tug? You felt? Oh, Yeah, there was definitely a tug, because as I was moving more with the Lord, you're going two steps forward, 10 steps back, because the hold that the pornography had in my life was, it was, it was a reactive period now, because as I was trying to get away, it was pulling me farther back, and I really, I was still struggling with it, so it, um, it took a hold of me. You know, okay, it's not just the pornography. Then you, you know, the devil, he gets you. Now he oh, takes yeah. you farther down. Oh, yeah. You know, he'll let you get. And, and what happens is, is that you get comfortable with the things that you're doing wrong where they're not fulfilling anymore. So it goes to the next step and the next step until you start getting deeper. It's a rat hole, you know, uh, You know, or down the rabbit hole like oh, in yeah. Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> yeah. So now you're trying to get back up. You see the light and you're like, how did I get this far down? Wow. Um, you know, it, and then you always come back and say, well, you know, it shouldn't be affecting any others it's only affecting me and we start to deceive ourselves in the fact that you know we think it's just us but it's we're affecting lie. everybody around us. Big lie. So my wife covered it up for a while as we started to have kids and different things like that she covered up a lot of the things and I've been blessed with a wife for nineteen years that have, has fought tooth and nail with me to get me out of this and it took me all the way into my 30s before I got out wow. of it. So um, because of the little things that happen afterwards you know you start here Oh, well, you know, there's always the strip joints and the go-go bars and all these other things that come into that play that nobody even thinks about and how far of a grip it has. Um, So as I'm walking that, I began to think about, okay, God, I'm following you. I say I'm a Christian, but now the devil's going, but you're a hypocrite because you're going to church on Sundays, but you're living this way during the week. So it was like, okay, well, I'm fighting it, fighting it, fighting it. And it was just a toggle back and forth. And really it comes down to, do you want to straddle the fence? And straddling the fences, I'm lukewarm. I got one leg in the world and one leg on in the Lord, and it's like, okay, you need to make a decision, which way you're going to go. And it was still a battle because Satan and his demons are like, you know, we're not letting you go now. That's, you know, you can stay that, but we're still going to play that game in your head. And um, it wasn't until I really started getting further in the Lord, studying the Word, praying, and different things like that, that and being around other Christian men who had Band the same brothers. problems. Band of Brothers was key because now the accountability was in because you can you can put blocks in place and say i'm not going to go here i'm not going to do this i'm not going to have i'm going to have this program on your pc and stuff like that but the blocks only make it so you can't make the choice accountability says i can make that choice and i'm going to be held accountable for it where the block is i just it's a prevention and there's ways to get around that stuff. Mm-hmm. So now you're, you know, I'm in, I'm in IT, so there's ways to get around those different things where you can put all the blocks in the world, but if you don't really want to get out of it, you'll find ways to get around them.
0: Was there a day in your life that you just can look back and say that was the day that things started to go upward and I never went backward too much after that?
1: Yeah, I think um, in 2010 when my grandfather got diagnosed with cancer is when I was like, wow you know, my uncle came in from Montana. He goes, you know, I had a, uh, I had a, a, a vision and a word for you. And he goes, but well, when you got out of the car, you're like, everything is fine. Cause I was, w- I was really good at covering up and put a facade on. Cause you can put a facade until you get asked the hard questions. And, um, he goes, you need to stay away from the devices, the cell phones and stuff like that, because I travel for work and you know, you're in the hotel and you're by yourself. It's a prime yeah. time for a lot of the different things to happen. And, um, So he's like, you really? now, he hasn't seen me in years, coming in from Montana. And he didn't know you from Adam, really. He knew me, but he didn't know my struggles. And all of a sudden, the break. So that was when it really started to go, okay, I'm getting out of this. Now, do you still fall? Yes. But thank God for grace, because did I want to abuse his grace? No, but I was still fighting, trying to get back, fighting, trying to get back, fall. And the problem is, is that when you're still trying to fill gaps that were voids in your life those things were a very big hold. Now you have to change. Okay. Where do I, where do I get my attention from? Where do I want that love tank to be filled from? And do I want it from the perverted side or do I want it from the good side? And I, I really started changing that, you know, really getting in, uh, in depth with the Lord in a lot of different areas, my wife backfilling everything, being that, that rock that I needed. And then the girls, you know, my kids. And so, um, it was like, okay, this is starting to go. And I finally said, no more of that. But then other things come into play. There's other things I try to fill. You know, people think that when you get out of one thing, Satan's not going to try to throw something else in your way. He he, he always always wants to to kill, steal and destroy from you. Yeah, and it's the little foxes. What I started to learn was the little things that are entering the vineyard, the little foxes that, oh, yeah, that's not a big deal or that's not a big deal. Well, those things become very big deals. We let them and we become complacent. We're not putting on our full armor. And then we're like, oh, man, how did that happen? I fell and fell hard. So the other thing is, you have to become honest with yourself. And I started to become honest with others, and I started becoming very honest with my wife. And that was a very big thing, because you want to be perfect. So before that, I was always diving into work. Work, 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 work. Be perfect in work. you know, No mistakes, different things like that. Is that like where that. you felt safe, safest yeah. in work? Yeah, because it, it was something you could control. Hmm. You mentioned,
0: you mentioned uh, to me here, Jason, that you know, the mom and dad divorce had a big impact on yeah. you. Did you ever, was there ever a time when you went to your mom and dad and said, you know, you know, I just want you to know that, you know, I'm older now or I'm yeah. looking back and this really, really crushed me and kind of was able to clear that up mm. with your parents and kind of help heal that wound? Because I can, I can yeah. almost see it on your face to this
1: day that it still hurts. Oh, it still hurts, but I don't think... Um I don't think I actually did that. I just think I forgave them. Mm-hmm. I came mm-hmm. to the Lord and said, I forgive, I forgive them. I forgive the Lord because I was mad at the Lord for whatever animosity I had towards him because I'm like, if they're following the Lord, why did this happen? So, no, I didn't. I just took it on myself. Was that part There's... of your healing when you made that yeah. decision to say, Lord, I forgive him.' Yeah, I think it started that, started the process. There's still more stuff that needs to be healed, but it, it's progressing. It's a progress. Good. It's a progress. Good. Good.
0: The, the group that we've talked about a couple times, the, the Band of Brothers, mm-hmm. is that a national organization or is that an organization that was kind of proprietary or just kind of started
1: up with the chur- the local church there? It was, it was started up with the local church at Chestnut Assembly of God, and they recently, because of the fact... Um, you know, you start to get into some things. We were building T-shirts and so forth for that had Band of Brothers on it. And it really came out of the Band of Brothers from the military movie. But we started to find out that you really can't call yourself Band of Brothers, so they changed it to Sons of Thunder. Okay. But that started out out of uh, Chestnut Assembly, and then it grew. I mean, we were 40 strong at one point Wow! on a Thursday night. Tell us, tell us because I think I, I actually, you know, I was never
0: a part of it, but mm-hmm. I've heard about it. I know that it still exists, I mm-hmm. believe and I'm just I think it's a tremendous tremendous program for a lot of guys because I run into a lot of guys you run into a lot of guys and everybody's got something they struggle with yeah and and having somebody to talk to having an accountability structure and having something to look forward to Mm -hmm. with fellowship is huge it is those three things can probably be a big part of a change in somebody's life definitely so just you know you don't have to go too big a detail just kind of explain to us you know, how it kind of works. Because I think this might give some other
1: sure. new Christians an idea for their church. So what it normally happens is, um, the, the nice part about it is, we used to have homes that dedicated their time on a Thursday night. So every Thursday night we would meet between 7 and about 9.30. Um, the host home would have food. Others would bring in snacks and drinks and different things like that so the burden wasn't on the home. And then we'd start off at 7 o'clock with worship, and then it would go right into the Word. And then after that, prayer. And then it would go right into fellowship after with the food and so forth. So it really, um, you know, and during that time of, um, of the word, you know, we'd go over, excuse me, different things of different topics. And different then it, guys would take turns different to- bringing the words. Bringing the words. So, you know, one night it might be me. The other one, it might be one of the leaders, Chris Ramdani or, or Robert Hernandez. And then or it might be Ken Corson or David Barrero. It just kind of flowed. Um, and then it would be very interactive. So okay, is it you know how are the how's the group reacting to it? Um, What's the conversations that are coming out of it? Um, At some point, maybe it would just be open items, or it would be based on a book or something like that. So it would be structured at one point and then unstructured at the other point because you wanted more feedback, and you wanted more testimonies and more accountability of oh I'm going through this. How can I come into play and help out? So Mm. great, great group. I I just
0: I think the world of it, Uh, Jason. Today, obviously, you have grown since those yeah. days. You've, you've kind of moved, and and the Lord's tugging at you. Um, have you had an opportunity to help other guys that maybe have had some of the same struggles you've had, yeah. and just kind of encourage them and say, well, this is what worked for me, mm-hmm. you know?
1: But really, the key was this, this, and this, and have had the ability to help somebody get back on that road? Yeah, I've, I've been able to help others, um, been able to give my testimony at different times and to say, okay, like you said, what worked? How did I go through it? You know, what things do I now avoid that I know are the pitfalls? The little foxes in the vineyard, I can't go certain directions, down different roads because there are different roads that have a lot of different junk on it. Um, and I also, con- uh, you know, as much as possible, contact my wife on my way home and say, hey, I'm coming home, should be home in a certain amount of time. Okay, you're accountable, not home. You're accountable, accountable to her. Yeah, I try. It's very hard to be accountable to your wife. Because if you fail, and you fail in different areas, it's like, really? Where, you know, with the guys, it's a little bit more difficult. Um, my wife asks me hard questions, but my accountability partners ask harder questions. Um, but also, uh, it's also given me the opportunity through coming out of the Band of Brothers to teach at, like... Um, uh, mission teens and different things like that where you have a group of men and women that have are basically in a halfway house that they're being fed the word and they're coming out and they give your testimony where you were how you were walking through it and then being able to teach on the word because as the word's being uh, filled and fulfilled it uh you know it separates it it keeps you going farther and farther with the lord and the things that drug you back or the things that made you complacent you start to think about a lot more okay I know where that's going. Ah, can't do that. Let's go this way. Mm. So, mm. Uh,
0: obviously today uh, life is is good. Um, where do you think the Lord might you know if you if you it, when you finally mm. you know say you know the, answer the call from the Lord you know get these words where do you think the Lord might be leading you just just out of curiosity and then we will have you back in about yeah. five or six, six years, years from now we'll show this little clip and say Jason where do you think the Lord is going to
1: take you. Um, I think the Lord's taken me more into the evangelism side of the house. Um, mission trips—I've gone on a mission trip to Guatemala recently with Chestnut, and that was a blessing to be able to help children and to go to crusades and pray over people and different things like that. So I think the evangelistic side of the house, the evangelism being in the field, um, and then you know, maybe one day get get more of the paperwork behind me with uh, with uh, certifications and uh, being ordained or something like that. But you know, that's. It's not right now in the, in the fold, but we'll see where the Lord takes me.
0: I've had people that have been out on the mission field and visited different places, uh, you know, uh, throughout the world, and they say when you come back from some of these uh, underprivileged countries, you just have a greater appreciation mm-hmm. for what we have here yeah. in the United States and, and even yeah. simple things of how easy it is to be able to hear about the Lord here as opposed to other countries. In some countries, it's illegal. Right. Yeah. Did you find that to be the case, those um, things?
1: Yeah, I, I found what, what the big thing was is how hungry they are in other places because of how much— Hungry for hungry. the Lord? Hungry for the Lord. Why because, do you think that is? Because they don't have much, and their, their, their faith is in the Lord to be able to supply them for everything. Where I think that in the United States we've become complacent where we've been privileged with a lot of the different things. We know we got water all the time. We know we have food all the time. Where in other countries, they don't. They don't know where that next meal is. Where we trust the Lord so far, and then we go, oh, but we can control this, and we can do it on our own in certain o- in other areas. Where there, they're like, there's nothing for us to do. And mm. they're that hungry. That's why I think that, you know, you'll have 2,000 people seated in a, in, a, in a conference or in a revival where here you might get 20. Mm. So,
0: so Jason, as, as we get to the very end of the program here, I just want to ask you a couple things. Sports, did that fill your love tank? No. Did girls fill your love tank? No. Did pornography fill your love tank? Did anything else that you tried to devote your time into, including work, not fill your love tank? No. Jason, what filled your love tank? Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. And I suppose you could probably think back to that day where you made the decision to invite mm-hmm. him into your life and to be the Lord of your life. Am I right? That's right. Well, I guarantee there are people watching this program right now that can identify with you. I guarantee it mm-hmm. because they've tried to stick everything in there to fill that mm-hmm. void. They have an emptiness caused by all kinds of things. And Jason's just had a couple of things that have caused that emptiness. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is a lot of times those people only need somebody to give them the opportunity to get saved. We have a couple minutes left. I would love it, Jason. If you looked at the camera, talk to those people and said the sinner's
1: prayer with them. Awesome. So no matter what you're going through, you know, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, you know, when you start to think about um, how that came about, you know, Jesus gave it all. The Father, he sent his son to die on a cross for us, and he gave it all. He gave his best to save us, and we betrayed him for 30 pieces of silver. And so I would say to you that um, if you accept him into your heart, and you let Him heal you and take you to those next places, I'd say that you're going to be in a, very, uh, a better place in the days and, and months and years ahead because now you're not trying to do things on your own. You know where you're. You know how to go through life. You know that you have a Savior that is there for you. You know that you can lean on Him. Um, he'll supply all of your needs according to riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And, um, you know, I would just say that um, dedicate your life to the Lord um, accept Him as your Lord and Savior, names written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and then you can work on the little things from there.
0: How good of a feeling is it, Jason, to know that you wake up every day and say, my name's that
1: Lamb's Book of Life. How, how good of a feeling is that? It's a great feeling, and it's a great feeling that even when you go through life and you have those, you, you fall from time to time, there's still grace, and His grace is sufficient. His grace will pick you back up, put you back on the straight and narrow path, and keep your focus on the Lord.
0: Jason, there's folks that are watching right now that say, I want what he has. I want to invite Jesus into my heart. We're going to give you the opportunity to have prayer right now. You can just listen to what Jason's going to say. Repeat after him. Speak it from your mouth. Confess it publicly, even if it's in your own home Mm -hmm. or on your mobile device, wherever.
1: You do that, and Jesus is going to be the Lord of your life. Jason, go ahead. Father, we thank you, Father, for today. And Father, repeat after me. Father, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I cannot save myself. I know that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for me. I know that he died, he was buried, and on the third day he was risen again. And I thank you that he is alive and seated at the right hand of the Father. I accept Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. I ask him to come into my heart and save me from my sins. I ask you to forgive me for all the wrong that I have done in my past since I was a baby till now. Forgive me for my sins throw them in the sea of forgetfulness as far as the east is from the west. I ask you now, Father, now that I've accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, help me to follow him. Help me to be obedient to your word. Help me to read your word and pray and spend time with you on a daily basis and to get that revelation knowledge of your word, that personal revelation in my heart, that you'll never leave me nor forsake me and that you love me no matter what. I thank you for your grace and your mercy and your love. And I thank you that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Our guest today on Second Chances has been Jason Williams. Jason, thank you for coming on and sharing. Powerful testimony, great guy, and uh, you can just see the passion he has for the Lord. And believe me, folks, it's what the Lord has done through him, and you see that time and time again on this program. Tune in next week for more Second Chances right here on the Ascend Television Network. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have something that you would like to share on Second Chances, well, we would love to hear from you. Visit our website, ascend-tv.com. Click on Contact Us. There's a form to fill out. And in the subject line, just type in Second Chances Guest. And we'll get back to you and schedule you a time to come on this program and share your story.